This is Foothill Family Church. With Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Notice he said in verse 14, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14, he said, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth. Well, that's exactly the same thing we read in verse 4. Or verse 3, or verse 2, I guess it was, of the chapter. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So it says here, if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Folks, one of the most important things in your Christian life is to exercise spiritually. And one of the greatest ways you can exercise your spirit, and it should be a daily operation, it should be many times every day, is to pray in other tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit or speaking with other tongues is not just the initial evidence of baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's supposed to be a continuous fountain. Jesus said that that was the, the, the experience that he was referring to when in John chapter 7 he said, Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not just a river, not a one-time river. Rivers, period, plural. Rivers, continuous. Rivers of living water. Rivers. What rivers are flowing out of you? Well, I don't know, Pastor Mike. Must be some beavers in there to dam things up. <laughs> well, there's no question about it. The devil wants to dam it up. But it's up to you. Notice Paul goes on to say, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Folks, the devil wants your head in charge. You're accustomed to your head being in charge. And there is, there, no question about it, we might as well just fess up here. There is an element of losing some measure or manner of control when you first start speaking in other tongues because your head has no idea what's going on. And your head has always been in charge from that point, from your birth to that point in your life, and your head does not want to give up the steering wheel. It does not want to give up its position and place of knowing what's going on, directing what's going on, and deciding what will go on. And you lose some of that when you begin speaking in other tongues. But now think of what you're losing it to. You're losing it to speaking God's perfect will. Is that really a bad thing? For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Listen, let's just be honest here. We're not that smart. We need our understanding to be unfruitful in a lot of cases. We need to get out of our heads in many, many cases. You get to a situation in life where you don't know what to do. Well, you've already admitted you don't know what to do. So why not give in to the things that will work, give in to a greater wisdom than we have in our mental capacity, and let the Holy Ghost lead us? For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? In other words, Paul says, so what am I going to do about it? What is it then? Here's what I'm going to do. I will pray. Everybody say, I will. I will pray with the Spirit, that means with other tongues, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Here's what Paul is saying. Now, we know from Paul's experience, from Paul's uh, uh, writings, we know that Paul spoke Hebrew, and we know that he spoke Greek. He may have also spoken Italian. We're not exactly sure about that, but it's possible there too. But we know that when he says, I'll pray with the understanding, we know that he's saying, I can pray anytime I want to at my own will in Hebrew and or Greek. Because I understand those languages. Just like you and I can pray with our own understanding in English and maybe whatever other language you might be, might be able to speak or what you know, right? 
We can speak, we can pray. I could stop right now and pray for 10 minutes with my understanding in English. Some of you might even understand it. But that's my choice, right? I can do that at my will. I can tell God how great He is. I can tell Him how much I love Him. I can even quote scriptures to Him in English as a result of my will to do so. Well, in the same way, Paul said you can will to speak in other tongues. Now, the, the, uh, the old-time Pentecostals, some of them at least, used to say that the only time you can speak in tongues is when the Spirit of God is moving. Now, what they meant by that is when they felt some kind of emotional response to whatever was going on. Because many of the old-time Pentecostals would get filled with the Holy Ghost and not speak in tongues again for years. But then they'd get in a service where the Spirit of God was moving or the presence of God seemed to be more real and it would come on them and they would speak out in other tongues and they would think, oh, what a wonderful thing this was. Look at how God moved today when they could have done it all the time. I know when we get in services, when we begin to worship God, I have a more of, a, of a, uh, an inspiration, more of an influence by God to speak with other tongues at those times than I might on my own because my spirit is picking up on the presence of God. That's normal. That's, that's natural. Natural in a spiritual sense, if you know what I mean. But that doesn't mean that's the only time we can do it. Paul says, I will. What is it then? Here's what I've decided to do, Paul said. And remember, he said, I speak with tongues more than all of you. Here's why he spoke with tongues more than all of them. Because he decided when he would speak with tongues. I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. Which means Paul had determined, and we have to assume and accept that the Holy Ghost is inspiring Paul to say these things to us, meaning God must want the same things for us. Paul's prayer life was not only in the languages that he understood, but also in the Spirit. Your prayer life should be made up of both. Not just praying in other tongues, but praying with your understanding also. It's good for, the you, for you to hear you speak the word. But your prayer life should be made up of both. It should be made up of both. What is it then? I will pray with the understanding and I will pray with the Spirit also. He said the same thing about singing. He said, I will sing with the Spirit and I'll sing with the understanding also. So where is Paul doing all this speaking in tongues? Notice back in the same chapter, chapter 14, notice in verse 5, Paul said, I would that you all spake with tongues. Now is this the Holy Ghost inspiring Paul to write this or not? All Scripture is inspired by the Holy Ghost, isn't it? So this is the Holy Ghost speaking to us through the Apostle Paul, right? All right, does God want something for them that he, wants, that, that he doesn't want for us? God's no respecter of persons, so he wants the same thing for all of his children. So notice what the Holy Ghost is saying about tongues. I want you all to speak with tongues. So for those that might be thinking that the Holy Ghost or the baptism of the Holy Ghost or speaking with tongues is not for everybody, here's what the Holy Ghost says about it. I want you all to speak with tongues. I want you all to speak with That's what would means, isn't it? It's an expression of will or desire. I want you all to speak with tongues. But rather than you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Paul goes on to say, in the church, I'd rather speak five words with my own understanding. So what is he saying? Is he saying tongues is a, is a bad thing? No, the Holy Ghost wants everybody to speak in tongues. But he's saying tongues, in the manner that he's talking about, there is a public side, but that's not what he's referring to right now. He's saying tongues is not a teaching gift. He said, I'd rather teach with my understanding 
even though I speak with tongues more than all of the rest of you. So he's talking about speaking in tongues in his private devotional prayer life. Has to be, right? So where should the majority of our speaking in tongues be? In our private devotional prayer life. That's where you recharge yourself with power, spiritual power. That's where you plug yourself in. And because it's the Holy Ghost giving you utterance to speak in other tongues, you're plugging a direct line into the power of God himself. Now me, let, me, let me wind this up a little bit with, uh, with Romans chapter 8. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Starting in verse 26. Paul's writing by the, Holy, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he says, Likewise, the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities. The word infirmities here does not mean sickness. It means weakness. He's saying we are weak in and through our flesh. Well, there's a lot of ways that our flesh is weak. There's no question about that. But what is he talking about specifically? Likewise, the Spirit himself also helpeth. Jesus said he was the comforter, the helper. He helpeth our weaknesses or our infirmities. What one is you, or do you mean, Paul? What weakness or infirmity are you talking about that he helps us with? For, here's the answer, for we know not what to pray for as we ought. He's saying it's a weakness of ours. It's a physical, human weakness that we don't know what to pray for like we ought to know. He doesn't say we don't know what to pray for. He says that our mental abilities or our mental capacities or our lack of understanding limits us on what we should or God wants us to pray about because we don't know. There's a lot of things I don't know. How about you? Some people seem to know it all, but I don't fall into that category. So he says there are a lot of things that we don't know what to pray for as we ought. For example, let me give you a good example. I know that the Bible says that Jesus is coming for a glorious church. I know that the Bible says that we should pray for the rain, the moving of the Holy Ghost in the last days. But what does that mean? What does that mean God's going to do? I might have some ideas. I might have some speculation, but I don't know. I know that the Bible says that the glory of the last day church will be greater than the days when it was dedicated by Solomon, the temple that he dedicated to God when the presence of God was so strong and so great that the, the priests couldn't stand up to minister. The Bible says the glory of the last day church will be greater than that. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing School is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Now, whatever somebody, you or me or somebody else might think of why Jesus healed the sick, Matthew 8, 17 tells us why he healed everybody that was sick. Jesus healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. You're looking in the future for something to happen. You need to turn around and look behind you and what the Bible says has already happened. Because behind you is the cross. And on the cross, Jesus shed his blood for your sins, for your peace, literally your financial well-being, and your sickness. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. But no matter how great we might have as far as knowledge, no matter how great a knowledge we have, no matter how great a desire we have for the things of God, there are always going to be things that because we are human beings, we are limited to know as far as knowledge and wisdom is concerned. That's what Paul's talking about. He said the Holy Ghost helps our infirmities. He helps us in our weaknesses because we don't know what to pray for as we ought to know.
We know what to pray for in many cases, just not how we ought to. In other words, there's wisdom that's greater than ours. So what does the Holy Ghost do to help us? But the Spirit himself, he's not an it, he's a him. The Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. One translation says, with groanings which cannot be uttered in in articulate speech. P.C. Nelson, who was the foremost Greek scholar in his day, was asked about this verse of Scripture, and he said, it literally means God talk. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with God talk. What God talk is he talking about? He's talking about speaking in other tongues. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. He helps us to fill the gap between our knowledge and the will of God, the plan and the purpose of God. And there is a big gap there in many cases. How does he fill that gap? By giving us utterance to speak or to pray in other tongues. Verse 27, and he that searches the hearts, that's God, knows what is the mind of the Spirit. He knows what the Holy Ghost is saying. We don't. We don't know what we're saying in other tongues. But he does. He knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Why? Because he, the Holy Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. In other words, the words that the Holy Spirit is giving you utterance to speak in other tongues is always according to the will of God. That means it does away with any possibility for selfish praying. Now, folks, let me stop here for a minute. You can change the will of God for your life in prayer. I know a lot of people don't believe that. I know a lot of people will argue that. A lot of people have the idea that once it's God's will, that's it. You can't change it. That's not true. At least that's not the scriptural uh, principle that we see in the Bible. For example, in the Old Testament, God wanted to be Israel's king. He wanted them to come directly to him. He wanted to be their leader. They said no. Other countries have a king. We want one too, right? So what happened? God gave them a king. Now, you may think that's the same thing as people just rejecting the will of God, saying, I don't care what God wants, I'm going to go my own way. That's not what happened. If that was what happened, they would have said, we don't care if God wants to be our king, we're going to pick our own king. They did not pick their own kings. God did. Which means that they settled for God's permissive will instead of his best. Which means that they chose, Lord, God, we know that you want to be our king, but that's not the way we want it. We want to be like other countries. So give us a king. God said, well, okay, if that's the way you want it, okay. It's not going to work out well for you. Your kings will tax you. Your kings will enslave your children. God told you what earthly government would be like. Taxation and regulation. Now people, Christians nowadays are so shocked. So God said, here's what it's going to be. And they said, we don't care. We want a king. So God said, okay, I'll pick you a king. So please notice that that was not God's plan. That was not God's best. It was not his perfect will. Yet he allowed them to operate in his permissive will. You can change God's perfect will by staying on him about something in prayer. Now, I'm not advocating that you do that. I, for one, want God's best. It's just so much better that way. And there are a lot of times where I pray for things, and I'll say, now, Lord, if I'm wrong about this, you change me. Because I don't want what I want in this. I want what you want in this. I think this is what what you're directing me to pray. But if I'm wrong about this, you change me and show me, because I want to pray according to your perfect will. And in those cases, I'll always allow the Holy Ghost to, to lead me. 
Because if I'm thinking one thing, but the Holy Ghost is leading me to pray something else, let's go with him. So notice what he's saying again. We'll start in verse 26 again. Likewise, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, also helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. That's always the case when you're praying for other people, isn't it? You don't know what to pray for for other people. Sometimes you don't know what to pray for for yourself in the way that you should. That's less the case when we're praying for ourselves, but sometimes. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, in our articulate speech. The Holy Ghost gives us utterance in other tongues. And he that searches the hearts, God, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So he's talking about when you pray in other tongues, you're always praying according to the will of God. When you pray in other tongues, you're always praying according to the will of God beyond your, the limited knowledge that you have, whether it's in your own case, in your own life, your own situation, or in the lives of others. Always praying the will of God. Well, is that not a good enough reason to do it? Man, that becomes high on the list for me. I want to pray the will of God. Don't you? I've learned that the will of God is always better than what I might think. Now notice what the result of praying by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost in other tongues according to the perfect will of God, always according to the perfect will of God, results in. Verse 28, and we know. Here's how we know, because the Holy Ghost gives us utterance to pray the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. In other words, he's saying God works things out in your life when you pray in other tongues. Now, the church has done a number on this verse. The church has taken times of tragedy and where people have lost loved ones or people have died or, or terrible things have happened, and they'll pull, pull verse 28 out of context and they'll say, well, we know that all things work together for good to them that are called and according to his purpose. Well, that's a tough thing to tell somebody if the devil just stole their loved one. Because there's a lot of things that happen in life God didn't have anything to do with. Yet the church turns around and says, well, we know that all things work together for good. Seriously? How's the devil stealing a loved one going to work out to good? Well, maybe somebody will get saved. Folks, I've got to tell you something. If God, takes taking my, if God has to take my loved ones to get somebody saved, I want out. Because he's not the God I'm preaching him to be. Now, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance, not the killing of your loved ones. But the church, willing to turn away from the truth, kicking against the pricks, failing to recognize the value of speaking in other tongues and praying the perfect will of God in other tongues, has taken verse 28 out of context and said, well, we know that all things work together for good. Yeah, when you pray in other tongues. If you don't pray in other tongues, whether you're filled or not, you're on your own, buster. Doesn't mean God doesn't care for you, but it means you're, you're passing up and refusing one of the greatest values and greatest benefits and greatest exhibitions of power that you can display in your own life by praying the perfect will of God by speaking in other tongues. I wonder, when we get to heaven, how many things we'll see could have been avoided in our lives or the lives of our loved ones if we had only yielded to the Holy Ghost to pray. 
I wonder how many Christians will get there with tragedies and terrible things that have happened in their lives that from that moment on define their whole lives. You know people like that. You know people that have experienced tragedies and that tragedy goes on and lingers with them for decades. It affects their relationship with God. It affects their relationship with others. I wonder how many of those things could have been changed by speaking in tongues. Let me close with one last, uh, uh, one example here. This was, uh, gosh, maybe 15 years ago. I was praying, just in my office, praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, I realized that a burden of prayer came on me. I, I started off speaking in tongues just to edify myself. But then the spirit of prayer came on me. That happens a lot of times where the Holy Ghost will move you from one thing to another. And I realized this is different. This is not just me building myself up. This is not me just charging myself up spiritually. Now I'm praying about something. And I prayed for about 45 minutes, maybe 50 minutes, something like that. Had no idea what I was praying about. And all of a sudden that burden lifted. Whenever you come onto a place where the Holy Ghost is trying to prompt you or impress upon you to pray, always stay with it until there's a spirit of lightness. I began to speak in other tongues. I began to laugh. I began to say, well, whatever it is, Lord, I've got it now. Whatever it is, I don't know what it is, but I, whatever, I've got it now. Well, after a few minutes of singing and praising God and thanking Him for whatever the answer was, I had a little glimpse of something. I didn't know at the time whether it was just an imagination or if it was something the Holy Ghost was showing me because it was just that quick. But I saw a member of our church get out of their car and they looked behind the car and then went down like this on their knees. Put their hands on their knees like they were exhausted or, or whatever. So I thought, well, that's weird. I, didn't, I saw who it was, but I didn't, didn't attach any meaning to it or anything like that. Well, this was on a Wednesday. And that night, after church, somebody, that person came to, to, the, to, the, come to me after the service. And they said, Pastor Mike, I've got to tell you something that happened. She said, I was pulling out, told me where she was, here at a local restaurant. I was pulling out after lunch. And I got in my car, looked in my rearview mirror. This was 15 years ago. She didn't have all the cameras and all that kind of stuff, you know, the way people used to drive. So I looked in my rearview mirror, didn't see anybody. She said, I started out, and the Holy Ghost said just as loud and as strong as anything I've ever heard, stop. She said, it scared me so much, I didn't even really think about it. She said, it scared me so much, I just jammed on the brakes. She said, then all of a sudden in my rearview mirror, I saw a mother come running off from one side. She said, I put the car in park, walked out behind the car, and there was a little toddler that had crawled up behind my car. There's no way in the world to see. She said, if I had not stopped when the Holy Ghost told me to stop, I would have run right over that child, no telling what damage or harm I could have done. The mother would have been standing there watching it. Nothing in the world could have stopped that except God. I said, tell me something. What did you do? She said, I got out of my car, saw that. She said, I thought I was going to faint, so I went down on my knees just like that. Well, that's what I saw. Well, I didn't say, yeah, here's why that happened. I prayed it was me. That mother owes me her daughter's life. I never said a word. But I thought to myself, after she walked away, I thought, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Folks, I'm convinced that things like that can and do happen all the time if we'll just yield ourselves. You need to realize you've got supernatural power living on the inside of you. This is not just church. This is not just some Christian organization that's trying to do some good works here in the earth. This is the Spirit of God. 
We're talking about divine power. We're talking about God-given power. We're talking about a display of things that man cannot do in and of himself. That's the one that lives on the inside of you. No wonder those that saw and understood who we are in Christ said, Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. No wonder Paul wrote and said, We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. That's the power that we're supposed to display. That's the power that we're supposed to exercise. That's the spiritual exercise that makes a difference. I said one last thing, but I want to finish with, uh, uh, with one verse of Scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, another reason for speaking with other tongues. And that is, Paul said, right into the church, he was talking about their, their operation, tongues versus uh, English and teaching the people and so forth. Notice Paul said, in verse 16, we read down through verse 15, but let's pick up with verse 16 after he said, I'll pray with the Spirit and pray with the understanding also. Paul said, Else, when thou shalt bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupieth the room of the unlearned say amen at the giving of thanks, seeing he understandeth not what thou sayest? Now remember the context. Paul is saying, you need to conduct your services to reach both the unsaved and those that don't know about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that don't know about speaking in tongues. He's talking about in services. So he says, if we do things in services, if we just come to church and spend all our time speaking in other tongues, what good is that going to do anybody? See, the things that I've said this morning, the Holy Spirit is used to remind you of things that you may have already known or maybe shown you things that you didn't know. Well, how would you have gotten anything if I just came up here and spoke for an hour in tongues? If you didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Ghost, if you didn't know about speaking in tongues, you'd walk away thinking, those are crazy people. At least the pastor is, Right? That's what's happening here. So Paul is saying, those that are unlearned, notice he does not say unsaved. He's talking about people that are not learned or taught or schooled in spiritual things. You can be saved and still be unlearned. So he said, if those that come in that are unlearned, certainly this is true for the unsaved, but even those that are saved but are unlearned, he said, how is tongues going to help them during the services? But then notice what he says in verse 17. He said, but thou, for thou, verily givest thanks well. So what is he saying about speaking in tongues? It's one of the best ways, according to the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is saying it's one of the best ways to give thanks to God. You ever notice over in Acts chapter 8, they heard the, or Acts chapter uh, 10, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God? Speaking with tongues is a means of magnifying God. Now, you can't make God bigger from his perspective, but you can sure make him bigger in your, in your eyes and from your perspective. So the Holy Ghost is saying, here's God saying, it's a great way, maybe even the best way, to give thanks. For verily thou givest thanks well, but the other is not edified. The unlearned is not edified. But it's a great way to give thanks. Well, isn't that an important thing in the Christian life? Doesn't the Bible say in everything give thanks? Not for everything, but in everything give thanks. In everything you can thank God with other tongues. In everything, whether you understand it or not. Whether you understand the purpose for it in your life or not, whether you understand who's doing what in your life, you can always give thanks to God in one of the most uh, profitable and maybe best ways by speaking in other tongues. Through the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, God lives and dwells on the inside of us. Rely on His power and His presence to overcome anything and everything that you face. Thanks for watching. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he's not saying that the speaking in tongues is the intercession. 
He's saying the intercession is the Holy Ghost making up for our infirmities or our weakness or our lack of knowledge in this case. In other words, the Holy Ghost fills the gap. In this case, he's saying the Holy Ghost helps your lack of understanding by giving you words to speak that are inspired by God himself. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.